Welcome to Mama's Baked. We're Laura and Bridget, and we're your favorite cannabis advocates. We've been there, done that, and everybody asks us about it, so we decided to start Mama's Baked, and here we are talking about everything cannabis. The latest news, lifestyle, and wellness information with lots of fun baked in. Every Thursday, join us as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life, too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share us with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com. Welcome back to Mama's Baked. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey, how are you this week? I'm good, actually. I feel like I am starting to reawaken from the summer. Yes. it's over. It's amazing how um, when September hits, it's like the temperature knows that it's the ninth month now and it can go ahead and drop at least overnight and in the mornings all of a sudden. I was like, oh, I went out this morning and it was so pleasant. I feel like living in Arizona, the end of summer becomes like a finish line that you just break through at the end. Um, Like, I've made it. I've survived another Arizona summer. Exactly. Although I got to say they get easier and easier every year right now. Now that might, there might be another upswing where they get more complicated or more difficult at some point too. But for right now, you know, they fly. But I mean, now it feels like we had monsoon during the whole hot season. So it's hot, not hot. I don't know. It's super hot. It's muggy, but then it's like overcast. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain how yeah, our hot season is year. also our not that hot season. This year was not bad. Not at all. It, it was, was super moderate all year. Oh, maybe we'll have some snow up north then this year. Wouldn't that be fun? I would like a little white for this year's Christmas. It's always a a gamble up here. You never know. Sometimes we get a little, sometimes we get to close the day for a snow day. Yeah. My daughter now is, you know, about to be four. So she's talking about snow, but she's never really seen it before. So she's old enough now that we'll definitely have to make a trip up North this winter and let her feel snow for the first time. We, We did a really fun weekend when my kids were little, my first husband and I, packed up and spent I want to say maybe not a week but probably five days total including travel up in Pine Top um, enjoying the holiday and so we did Christmas up there and we brought a little tree and had the sledding and you know just the full total snow experience. I've heard some good things about the Pine Top area. It's a Especially nice little getaway. Those kind of things right there. Yeah, we rented a little <coughs> cabin and we cooked a lot and ate a lot and played. And then they got their presents from Santa because Santa always knows where you are. So they woke up. Santa had, you know, left their toys under the tree. So they had a couple days to just kind of hang out and play with toys. And then when that got boring, play in the snow. Good mm-hmm. times. Great memories. Yeah, see, I mean, like you, I grew up in that weather. Right. So, you know, I'm glad that I now get to raise my children this way in it, or my my child, I should say, because we can just go experience it for like a day or maybe two or three and then come back Mm -hmm. as opposed (laughs) to like six months straight of like, 
snow yeah. and sleet and mush, mush, slush. And mud and salt all over or not all over and rocks and sand all over or not <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know for sure scraping for sure. the windshield having to start the car an hour early just so you can actually see having to dig the car out in the morning to be able to go to and from you know whatever the day is like uh do that not hour and a half it. it took me to put on my snowsuit to get to the bus stop that was like and then take three. it off when you get anywhere and you got to lug all that crap around everywhere or whatever Mm-mm. the bus stop was literally only like two houses away from my mm. house too mm. so it was like a 45 minute preparation for a three minute walk 45, <laughs> yeah another 45 minutes to get it all off just to exactly. go to the bus and get on the overheated bus of exactly course. so you could be in there sweating <laughs> good time Oh yeah, good times, good times. Anyway, so, so you... I don't miss it, but I'll be glad to no. just drive her up there in all the convenience and luxury that is Arizona winters, where the streets are generally yes. usually still Perfect. clear all the time. Yeah. <laughs> the snow stays where it belongs over there on the mountains and not on the streets. <laughs> it was so pretty. This and the red rocks up here get so pretty with that touch right? of white. My screensavers actually, I'm looking at it right now with the little white tips not much though just enough to just make it dusty. pretty like like yeah. it's powdered sugar exactly <laughs> little dusting of confectioner's sugar so what are you smoking today oh i got a little present from a friend who was in town nice left me a little nugget and so that is what i am partaking in today it is holy grail kush mm, it sounds good an old throwback from days gone by. Interesting. Um, and it is a hybrid, indica leaning hybrid, which is my fave for creative work. If I have creative stuff to do, I kind of like a little bit of a seat plant, but I don't need a nap. So this nice. kind of plants me in my seat and helps me i was doing some writing this morning so yeah nice love love tasty and it just is gorgeous 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 so i did not ask where he obtained said holy grail kush (laughs) i am just grateful we did not have the conversation on obtaining it i mean you know some conversations are better left unhad never quite got to it with so much other good stuff to catch up on with him right and then uh, I was talking, I think, a week or two ago. I had picked up a couple different strains. And I got to say, some of my, you know, just for people that, you know, we've talked a lot about how to pick a strain in the past. And uh, a couple of my go-tos were not as tasty. They were a little drier than usual. Mm. The quality wasn't as good. But. I had to remind myself, and this is just to help other people. We are coming out of summer. Right. And even though most of our cannabis is grown indoors, I do find, and I remember back in the day, gosh, when we were buying it from a friend, you know, summertime was always the hardest time to get quality, sticky cannabis. So maybe it affects the inside growth. I'm not a professional grower, so I'm not certain of that. Yeah, it's interesting. Like maybe um, I could see how like if I was a grower who was super efficient anyways, I would probably try to time my way in a way that 
my plants needed the least amount of light during the summer months when it's already so hot outside. Like you already have to combat the hundred million degree outside, at least here in Arizona. Then, you know, all the power and energy required to actually power it. I don't know. I would, I would feel like I'd be like, oh, let's try to. That's a lot of math. Work on the lower end of energy needs during the summer months or something. I know, but that's what I would do. And that's me, For sure. girl. You know me. Let me yeah. run some spreadsheets. There you I go. want a calculation. <laughs> but even with the indoor grows, I do see the the quality difference. Not just not the same. Just, just not the not. same. I've actually had the same kind of experience lately on some some things that I've had. Um, just being a little lower quality than I would normally expect, but I've also yeah. had some good luck too. So I don't know. It's nice being down here. I can't lie with choices galore. You do. You do have a lot of choices. Yes. That was one of the things my friend and I were talking about yesterday. Um, he's part-time working in one of the dispensaries in Phoenix and he's formerly of Northern Arizona fame. And um, he's, Definitely sees a difference in quality of grows now that he's out of that more isolated area of Flagstaff where you don't have mm-hmm. a lot of choices, or Northern Arizona in general, don't have as many choices. But he's not seeing the quality down there. He's still seeing the best of the quality coming from outside that area. Like Sunday Goods is one of his favorites down mm-hmm. there. And they don't have a brick and mortar per se in town. They're famous for delivery, my mm-hmm. first delivery. And uh, and yeah, their their flower is good. Interesting though, because theirs is grown Dutch style in a gigantic outdoor greenhouse. Ooh, yeah, I like it's that. Incredible. They had a. Lot, a lot, a lot of planning and development. Are you talking about Sunday grow. Goods right now? Sunday Goods. Yeah. Mm, nice. And they have a great medical director that keeps track of stuff. Very scientific um, department that's, that tracks everything. So, yeah, it's definitely a great Arizona brand. I love their marketing and their branding. Nice, um, yeah. But that doesn't mean shit if you don't have the products to back it up. It's true, although I have noticed that Sunday Goods also is quite um, generous in their approach with marketing. Yeah. Let me put it like that. Yeah. And I think they're... uh, I like a generous spirit, but I don't also expect it. You know, sometimes I feel like... Sometimes I feel like brands feel like they need to do that all the time, or, or they feel like they need to do that. And I feel like I see that sometimes. I'm like, ooh, don't. You know, if you're great, like, be great. You don't have to give that all away. Right, I mean, right. appreciate it. Thanks for the great freebies in this scenario. But, you know, if you're great, don't give it all away or you might end up giving away too much and being in a scenario where you can't maintain. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's like I, dating advice where they're like, uh, yeah, when you're dating a new uh, guy, girl, like, <laughs> don't show them too much in the first three dates because you need to be able to, like, maintain this for the long term. If you <laughs> Yeah, I didn't Start slow and build. <laughs> Here I am 20 years later with the same guy that we haven't been apart since our first date. So right. <laughs> I'm definitely uh, not a role model of any standard <laughs> advice. Right. Oh, that man. See, yeah. 20 years later and he still didn't know when to go home. 
Bless his heart. Right. Bless his heart. No, I really like Sunday Goods, and I really like every person I've ever met from uh, yeah from their brand. And I've really noticed that they are like always present at all things patient, like just giving away a lot of stuff. It's just yeah. Big props out to Sunday Goods, awesome. Arizona brand. They grow yeah. south of Tucson and the ginormous outdoor grow, as I was saying, Dutch style, which does affect. Um, the plants, they've got some really great genetics. Um, and I think they're working on a project. I, I have heard some rumors. Ooh, we are the new cannabis gossip page. Not hey, really. But, not really. Um, I heard some rumors <laughs> that they are um, expanding. Sunny Goods has expanded to California or awesome. is looking... Um, and setting up the same style Dutch grow possibly in California. Fantastic. Yeah. So good luck to them and yeah. big props out to Sunday Goods. I wish I could get them to have a delivery service up north. Right. Like, and, geez, uh, will someone just drive an hour and a half to drop me off good medicine? Or, hey, folks, I'll come get it once a month and bring it up for you. If right. you, you know, we could work out a little transportation Let's deal. Give me my agent card. I know I'm I'm a reliable transport driver. Right. Dutchy. That goes for you as well, Dutchy. Putting it out there, too. huh? But only on our Impressive. podcast. You're not sending them emails, are you? Well, no. <laughs> I'm just... I was just saying it. That's Jeff. kind of a half-ass attempt. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, considering it just popped into my head. I think exactly, huh? You're yeah, like, it's a first you. start. It's a first start. We could meet at the Prescott exit on 17. I'll go deliver up to, pre- or up to flag for you. Take my cut and go home. It'd be perfect. People, a plan is and forming. A plan is forming right now, y'all. Do you hear this? Pay attention. Speaking of paying attention, did you? I was on a podcast recently with uh, with uh, oh. somebody else. Did you see that at all? I did not. I was a guest on uh, Burning Bush with Tyler Hurst. How exciting! Yeah, it's so fun. We recorded that like several months ago, or last in the summertime, sometime. And... Oh, I remember when you were you yeah. had done it a while ago. And yeah, it was so just it out. came out this week. Yeah, that was. Fun. And what was your topic? Uh, well, you know, racism, white supremacy, white privilege, and cannabis, some, something nice. like that. It was one of those kind of conversations. It hey, was you know, fun. It was a lot of fun uh, talking with him, and, uh, he, you know, he mixed it up, matched it up well in the broadcast uh, production, so that was nice. Oh, good. So check him out. He's a burning bush on, you know, we'll all the major... All the major uh, platforms or whatever, but yeah, nice. Put a link in our notes. Yeah, for your for your uh, episode, for sure. Awesome, awesome. Anything so, else exciting? Oh man, I mean, so much, but you know, gotta keep right. you know some things to myself. Well, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I had I got a new client with my business. Had some switchovers with that, so I'm really excited <coughs> about what all, what I'm about to kind of be getting into on a personal level. So I'm excited. Good. I can't wait to. Break I all made that a pie. Out. I saw that an apple pie, huh? It was not good, but it oh. looked pretty. 
It was pretty. <laughs> That's really disappointing, though. Why was it not yeah. good? How do you how do you mess up an apple pie? I mean, well, there's a million and one ways okay. a, a to mess up an apple pie. I have never even um, tried, so what would I know? Nothing. The crust, I um, put too much salt in. Actually, that was it. It not was just it was like salty, huh? salty apple pie. Well, that's kind of like them. Look, if you just put caramel on it and then you call it caramel and sea salt. Salted caramel. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Always thinking. I'll make some caramel. And I made ravioli and Nago. I think I'm going to try dessert ravioli next. So that's what I'm up to. I've been creatively cooking. I've got a couple of cookie ideas. I started some writing work. Still doing my article, but I'm starting some other writing. So I'm getting there. And then in the meantime, still nesting. God, it's been, we've, I realized I, all this time I thought I've only been in my house two years and I've been in my house three Ooh. this month. Time flies when you're having fun. Shit. You'd think I'd have, uh, I have so much done, but I'm still trying to find places <sighs> for things. I have so much like, to do. Like my whole entire downstairs, which is like our entire main living area, yeah, is still basically a moving zone. Yeah. And here I am, three years <sighs> later, not giving you any great <laughs> nothing to look forward to. Yeah. No, but I mean literally, it's bad right now. It's still it's very bad in here. I've got I'm a lot still to figure at this out. Stage where I am purging and going through like I have boxes like you know of my kids drawings and you know maybe they only need one box right maybe it's okay to narrow it down yeah so that's a kind of the stages i've been in between projects all stars i feel like september is definitely sort of like my second new year's of the year always i don't know if it's the school starting buzz or people like getting back to work from summer you know screwing around but i always feel like i'm starting a new chapter of goal setting around this time of year yeah yeah me too, but mine is definitely outdoors based now because, you know, the summertime was too hot to do the outdoors part of the yeah. house, you know, so now definitely that's where my focus is and a lot of my time spent plotting and planning or working is, you know, doing something out there so I can get everything started, you know, things need time to grow. The quicker I can get them true. in the ground, the quicker they can start being big. True, true. <laughs> Gardening be nice shade. You know, I need some some trees to grow back there. So, whatever, one step at a time. Growing. So, shall we dive into our topic? Are we ready? Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're talking about money today. The money. The money. money, money, Follow the money. So many exciting things with cannabis and money that we could talk about, and we'll probably just meander over the top of the concept i think today for sure like basically give you some pointers in some different areas you might want to dig deeper if you like and or some common myths and misconceptions that you know that are out there and things like that so things to think about maybe maybe change your opinions or uh help you think about things in different ways when it comes to money and cannabis because i think Because of the volumes of growth in the industry, mm-hmm. people, and you and I have talked about this in the past, but maybe not on the podcast so much, um, the 
misconception that because there's so many millions that they just have money to piss away at this point. And that if you own a dispensary and you're not giving away tons of money, that you're an asshole. Because you're obviously making millions. So right. That's one of, I think, the areas that triggered us wanting to have the conversation about money. Because we've both worked in the industry and have had a lot of talks about the cost of risk. Yeah. And that's expensive. <laughs> it's very expensive. Not only that, but I mean, honestly, just, you know, business operation in general is generally very expensive, especially business operation that relies heavily on people, you know, as a part of its process or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then crops. when you haven't done it, people don't. Yeah. And crops. I mean, farming is a huge risk business, you know, Um And it's not to like dismiss like, oh, people aren't out there making as much money as you think, but kind of people aren't necessarily out there making the kind of money that people sometimes think and or um, and or there's plenty out there for everybody, kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a big thing. Right. The, um. There's no get-rich-quick scheme on the planet is really the truth of the matter. I think a lot of people view cannabis as some kind of a get-rich-quick. Like, oh, I'll just jump into the cannabis market somehow. I'll just right? invest in the stocks or I'll just, you know, invest in a dispensary or I'll just, you know, throw my money here or throw my money there and catch this ride, you know, and think that they'll, you know, come out all gangbusters. But the truth is... <clears throat> Yeah, a lot more. There's a lot more to it. And if you're not going to do it right, you know, maybe you don't want to do it at all. Because the truth is, there's a whole lot of stories out there of people losing a lot of money uh, in pursuit of their dream. And I think that's probably another little, you know, on on the side topic of our conversations is to inform people um, that if it sounds too good to be true, even if it is the cannabis industry, that it very well could be. And the excitement, I think, of getting an opportunity to participate in this industry overwhelms, and I can tell you that firsthand, mm-hmm. sometimes your basic logic or perhaps your due diligence. Right. Um, you know, I remember Googling someone after the fact um, uh, and being like, uh, like oh, uh, shit, why did I not think of this before? Right. How could I have not crossed my mind to Google these people? Right. Because the information was very clearly there on the internet for me to Google. So, and, the, and the truth is, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people would take a lot more uh, precautions or have different types of boundaries or standards in place for how they're going to do that due diligence in other industries or with other opportunities, you know. And they yeah. sometimes, again, just just because it's cannabis and there's some excitement about that and a lot of hype right now. Yeah, it's not <clears> easy <throat> to get in. So, right. you know, you finally get to that stage where you find a window to get in it somehow. And, yeah, you're – and I don't know for me if it was greed or if it was just this overwhelming – passion or like the goal like I had to hit the goal. I feel like almost everybody I've seen has been a passion based thing. The people who have lost the most have been passionate people. Yeah. And the people who have made the most have been greedy people. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just be real. Yeah. The greedy people are taking advantage of the passionate people. 
in any, of course not in any in times all. that they can. Yeah, any times that they can. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. I put a little uh, honey banana concentrate. Ooh, girl. Because I have a chore to do when we're finished today that I don't really want to do. It's not a bad chore. Trying to get psyched up for it. But I think a little extra, little puff or two might make it a more enjoyable project today. I have to reorganize my kitchen, so. Oh, fun times. We could talk for hours, people. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm the best procrastinator. I could probably write my novel today. Right. Just to get out of cleaning the kitchen this afternoon. That's, That's I have superpowers in procrastination. So you can't so anyways, like pay uh, anybody to help you with that or anything? Or I no? do. One person I'd rather have them doing a different chore. And the oh. other one is always too busy. I keep, I got to find a third person to ask. That'll work on that for you. Yeah. Anyway, though. <laughs> yeah. So money. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit. We could talk about there's different areas. So there's obviously there's the business people. There's the large corporations. Um, and I think, uh, and and I've been watching Canada pretty closely the last few months because right. they have federally legalized. And after our decriminalization and legalization conversation, when I say they are federally regulated, you know that I mean that they have, it is no longer illegal to consume cannabis as long as you follow a few guidelines and steps, which there is basically purchasing it in a store. Uh-huh. Um, but there are two large, because it will be recreational. It was supposed to go implement in October. It looks like it'll probably be spring. I think it's looking like April, but I don't have a set date yet. It's still wishy-washy. But there's two major companies to watch in Canada. And I think Canada A is going to be, obviously, since they are ahead of us, they are going to set the standards. Um, They've also had cannabis a little longer. Um, They've set up a few more standards. So the two big companies in Canada to watch are Aurora and Canopy. And... um, we're talking millions and millions and millions to the point where they're expecting uh, a growth of up to about 10 billion for Canopy. Uh, Canopy also is Canopy spelled, you know, C A N O P Y. Yeah. Okay. Canopy growth. Corporation. Get it? Grow? Cannabis grow? Ah, yeah. They are international. Both companies are serving an international market. One of the two, and I don't remember off the top of my head, one of the two has obtained a special certification. They have the largest certified European standards grow in the world. If you're a stock market person, those are both stocks I'd get in. ASAP. Um, I know that one of the ones we have is doubled since we purchased it. So, anyways, I am not a stockbroker. I'm just saying, if you're into that sort of thing, I would check those two out. Um, but here's the other thing that's huge, and this is why I'm saying these are going to be the people to watch because, from what I understand, they're also buying up American grows. Yes. They also, including just- Arizona grows, certainly. 
I don't know about well, those two companies specifically, but I do know that some, yeah. some well, companies here have been acquired by Canadian companies recently. The two major ones in Canada, one has definitely um, purchased a few up in the Northwest Coast, um, Oregon, Washington area. Uh-huh. They've purchased some very huge grows. Uh-huh. But What's even bigger is they just received, and let me, I'm going to have to Google the exact amount, um, the largest alcohol distributor in the country just, um, here it is, Constellations brand. So they're the largest alcohol distributor in the world. Um, Some of the big brands are all distributed through this company. They just gave, bought a... Oh, let me see. $245 million, $191 million for a 9.9% stake in Canopy Growth. Huh. And the reason... Um, they also have... They're basically expecting to get about $2 billion from Constellation Brands in the end. And the reason that they're, and this is where the money is going to be huge, Constellation is interested in capturing the cannabis market and developing beverages that are targeted for with terpenes so that they can determine, like, you want to relax? Here's your beverage. You want to party? Here's your beverage. You want to kind of do something, you know, like we know. It'd be like beer, wine, and terpene drinks. Without the alcohol, you just go cannabis-based beverages instead. Right. So the major, there's another one called Diablo, who is one of the second largest, and they're have, they haven't decided where they're going yet, I guess, but they're looking at Aurora to invest and become partners in the Aurora brand. So the two major Canadian brands, and I was kind of teasing this, I think, last week when I was saying I had some kind of edible information. Um, the two lar- largest distributors are both investing millions and millions and millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into the two largest cannabis grows in the world, leveraging themselves to become the largest cannabis beverage producers and distributors in the world. Right. So that's some interesting, interesting. The fact, the fact that the alcohol industry is jumping on board and stopping the battle because they've been one of the biggest prohibitionists supporting of prohibition. Right. Because it interferes with their business. But I think they finally decided seeing the numbers, you can't beat them. Take them over. Them. Yeah. Well, buy them all. The least. <laughs> so it can't be an Aurora is not going to let them take over, but, that money, um, and then the science. The um, there's one lab called Anandia that has developed standardized testing that identifies 39 terpenes, mm. and their goal is to, and I can't remember which of those two. I keep getting the two interchanged. Canopy and Aurora. One of those owns Anandia. And they are developing sleep aids. Their focus is going because they can identify the terpenes. They can identify the strains yeah. with the terpenes that will best affect sleep. 
And keep out so, the ones that uh, affect it negatively. So, yeah, exactly. And so the things I'm thinking of are, you know, sleep and booze. Like, are the two other American pastimes. For sure. I can't think of much more money than that. Exactly. That's so gonna... funny. Canada is going to come in and take over our cannabis industry here in the United States. Look at that. Well, you know, there's plenty as we so say be for it, I everyone. Guess. Yep. There's plenty for everyone. If it makes better cannabis and not, you know, I don't. I've I've watched these guys interviewed. It's fun. I get my husband into the stock part of it because he's a stock fiend and a stock market guy. And then I get to watch the cannabis news because now he's interested to see what's affecting his stock. So he doesn't complain when I want to watch an hour of videos about cannabis news. Nice. I'm like, oh, honey, look, Aurora's in the news again. You want to watch this? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So. That's some interesting, just stuff to watch, things to look at. Speaking on, you know, kind of big names and everything too, another interesting name that has uh, publicly joined the cannabis industry is Gary Vaynerchuk. Have you heard of him before? Do you know who Gary Gary V is? No. He is like, you know, have you heard of Tim Ferriss who wrote the four hour work week? Okay. So... Gary V is like the new Tim Ferriss right now uh, for all these, you know, startup hustler entrepreneur types or whatever. So, but he's always been very kind of, I mean, he curses a little bit, but he's known to be relatively straight laced on something. So he just came out on the cover of dope magazine Mm. uh, that he is, you know, diving into the business himself. It would have made more sense if you knew who he was, but that's okay. I have other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure our listeners but are... Gary Vaynerchuk, Vaynerchuk is officially in the uh, cannabis business now. I was about to say he's in the dope game. And how... I hate that word. <sighs> Exactly. But he's God. perfect for that word. That's the thing about it. Because to, truth be told, yes, a lot of the stuff he says is true. But his message is definitely like hustle, hustle, hustle. Although I, I will give him credit and say... <laughs> That he talks about having boundaries uh, on behalf of his family, time that he has set aside mm. especially for them. So definitely he gets that. But the messaging all the rest of the time is kind of like just hustle <laughs> always. And as long as you just work hard, you'll make it, which is nice, but not really entirely true. Um, and I feel like sometimes it puts a lot of extra pressure on people. And he's yeah, just your typical like guy who has so much privilege he doesn't even know, you know. In a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's I was like, gonna say yeah, his okay, wife well, probably, great. And his wife probably made him put the part in about family I'm guy. sure. I'm sure she did because he had children finally. He has young children. So she was like, I'm not doing this thing by myself. What? No. Yeah. Um, That's kind of so, kind of one of those thoughts I had too. It's like, if I'm going to do this by myself, I'm going to do it by myself. Right. Right. <laughs> like, I don't need you hanging on for nothing. Right. Like, right. we don't even need to be together really because you could pay child support. Yeah, like, let's just tell the just truth. Cover your side, yeah. Yeah, but that's all. That's all this is. Right. So yeah, no. But I, I had. And what's his role going to be though? Is he in a consulting well, you know, type? He's, he's no. He's he's buying ownership. He, you know, he's he's going into business. I read the article a few weeks ago. Now I actually had it sitting around, but I don't have it right this second. But I uh, 
but yeah, it was the cover of Dope Magazine this last uh, last month's episode or <laughs> episode, the, probably the August yeah. issue from 2018. The 2018 August issue. Gotcha. So, gotcha. So yeah. big money coming from Canada. Buy stock. Watch them. Mm-hmm. They're taking over yeah. everything. And they're getting in bed with the uh, alcohol industry. Totally and... in bed. And you got to think they're probably in bed with some of the tobacco industry too on some way. There's some conversations happening there because the tobacco industry is already talking about putting out cigarettes, uh, you know, cannabis cigarettes, right? Dutchies. Yeah. Dutchies. But by Marlboro. Yeah. I think, I think there's two ways to look at everything. Well, I used to say there's eight sides to every story because I was an investigator for a while. Right. And, uh, you know, you interview a whole staff and you find oh out eight God. versions of a Literally. story exist. But I try to look at this stuff like, so how does that, I mean, I obviously I could say, oh, you know, F the industry for getting into bed with the people that have been stopping us all these years. I mean, you're, right. there's going to be those people. Right. And I like to look at it as, oh, damn, so Finally, I can go out with my friends and not have to sneak a fucking medicated soda in my purse in because right. I'm not drinking that swill right. that they're drinking. Yeah. So if you you can you can complain about the fact, yeah, that they're getting into bed with an industry that stopped us, or you could say, I am going to benefit from this development in how, what way? And right. for me, it would be I would love to be able to go out with the family and order a medicated root beer. <laughs> You yeah, know? for sure. Or, or medicated iced tea. What? Yeah. Great. I love it. And maybe you make it mild so it's only like five milligrams, but whatever. Whatever. So it's, you know, you can have five of them throughout the course of the night. I mean, whatever. But there could be size that's the shot size. You know, I'm saying five yeah. milligrams sounds like a shot to me. That's why I always talk about like <laughs> concentrates and flour. Flour's the beer and concentrates are the shot of whiskey next to the beer. Right. You know, sometimes you just want a beer. Sometimes you want a shot in a beer. Yeah. It's just, you know, you don't always know. And honestly, to me, that whole side of this plant and the industry around it and the possibilities around it is separate from the medical side and what's going on. Just in the same way that, you know, we've got pharmaceuticals. Versus the alcohol industry, that doesn't mean there's no similar ingredients that go between the two. I'm not saying there is or isn't, although sugar is one. And then we got cancer. Uh, But, yeah, the point being, like, medical cannabis should be regulated medically for those who need it. And, I believe, funded for those type of needs, whatever ways that means, right? But yeah, then there's also, some precedents being set for that, too. So that's yeah. good news. But also, I feel like it's okay, too, for people to just enjoy the, the, the plant, you know, who don't know or don't realize that it might have a medical benefit. Maybe they just enjoy it. You know, I think that's okay, too. I don't have a problem with it, personally. Me either. Right. Yeah. Adult use by choice. Yeah, shouldn't, right. Shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Not everybody likes a massage, you know. Right, exactly. That's fine. Some people do. They're, just because you pick a massage because you want to doesn't make it medical or less medical either. Right. There's medical massages, and you can go and get a therapeutic massage, and your you insurance might a, pay for it. Yeah, or you can go get a. I just need to feel better. Massage. 
Right. They both help you. Right. So, yeah, I agree. Another part where money comes into play is the lobbies. Yes. Um, the dreaded lobbies. And I did a little quick look at the lobbying, and in 2017 was one of the highest marijuana lobbying years um, in Ever. history. Right. $1.6 million from one, two, three, four, five, six sources. Now, how they broke that up is a little more convoluted, but and I don't want to go that deep into it, but the New Federalism Fund is one. National Cannabis Industry Association is one. Can, oh, I never can pronounce it, Candescent. Candescent? which is a California-based grow, beautiful marketing. If you haven't looked up Candescent, they go by the how do you want to feel mode and number their strains by are you feeling, do you want to be creative, do you want to be calm, do you want to be energized, focused. So that's Candescent. Um, Sutera, Sutera, another large grow that I believe is out of Florida, if I'm not positive. Um, Poliotech. And Weed Maps mm-hmm. were the biggest donors, and I think they're in. I think that list I gave you is in order of how much they contributed. Contributed, I think, like the New Federalism Fund, which is a group that lobbies against taxation and a few other different things. Um, I think they were the largest. Like over half of that money was them. So, so from what you're uh, picking up there. Are you seeing any patterns in terms of it's the what they're trying? Okay, so it's owners of... It seems to me to be owners of cannabis businesses. Right. But like Weed that, Maps, for example, they don't own any cannabis themselves, right? They're a software a, a, a software company or something? Software as a service? They're like maybe? Leafly. They're like a Yelp of right. Weed. Right. But without shops, they don't exist. Sure. So, so that's who it is. It's cannabis owners that are fighting. And this is the, you know, this is the biggest conundrum here, right? Because like we just talked about earlier, unfortunately, the greedy people win because they're out there actively putting their money in place. They're using that margin that they currently still enjoy because obviously the margins are going to get driven down. You know, there's a lot of risk to those margins and a lot of people have lost everything in the process and then some people hit it you know it's kind of like one of those things uh plus by the stroke of a pen the entire american legalized cannabis industry could disappear shut down right in a moment right in a moment so So their current wealth could be completely gone tomorrow and this is again without banking Right. So they don't have the resources of, they don't of have insurance right? exactly. to cover their business losses. And, yeah, the same protections a normal business would have. Right. Just, to, just for people to keep in mind when we talk about risk. It's not just, oh, gee, my business. Not like you're not going to sell pot. Right. But the cost of nutrients and pesticides to make sure that your yield is as large as it and can be. And the cost of embracing this legalized system, especially because... You know, the people who stayed on the outskirts throughout all of this and have just maintained their black market businesses, like, I'm not mad at that at all, first off. So no. let me just put that out there. But right. also, 
they are in no way assuming these same risks, right? Because Correct. they, yeah, they risk, you know, getting busted and we see a bust or two every once in a while and this much got there, you know, but uh, everybody's running that risk first off and they don't have the additional risk of literally just like, yeah, you know, being on front street, getting everything shut down. Uh, yeah. tomorrow in the same way. So I don't know, I guess maybe partially in the same way, partially not. I, I, I don't know, but they are putting their money up to get laws passed, which means that they are going to have laws passed that benefit them. Right. The only way I think to prevent that from happening, so to speak, would be for some kind of major grassroots efforts to raise millions of dollars Obviously, they put in, you know, over a million last year. That number is only mm. going to increase. 1.6. Yeah. yeah. So if we, we'd have to raise $3 million, let's just say, to be able to do half as much as they do. Because not only did they put that money into lobbying, but they also are half lawyers, probably three-quarters lawyers. You know, they can write everything yeah. they need, do all the court cases. You know, they've yeah. got all that handled. Um, internal resources yeah which to me kind of like what you're talking about to me it feels like mm, is that necessary is that really the best way to go like maybe we let them have a monopoly on the plant right like do we care that much I mean can I grow tobacco in my backyard and make cigarettes I don't know am I able to do that or not I don't know I don't know either but I'm not doing it Right. And right. I don't and smoke no cigarettes, but I never did it for all the years I smoked cigarettes too. Right. Like it never even crossed my mind is something I would even want to do. However, some people could or would or whatever. And, you know, like you said, I think the key is that access is available to people. Uh, quality. quality. Quality standards. And then again, they're investing, you know, I'll use Sunday goods again as an example because we used them earlier. And I mentioned their medical director and their scientific director. They're also putting in their funds and resources into finding the best uses. Now, granted, some of them, as we've said a hundred times, they're not all bad and they're not all good. Right. But places like Sunday goods are identifying the terpenes in the plants they're growing, they're looking for microbes. They're not using um, what we call, you know, moldy weed. They have definitely much more technical terms for it than that. But we've right. all seen that if it's not properly cured, an entire harvest of cannabis can grow mold quickly right. if it's not cured properly. Curing is drying, for those of you that right. haven't heard that word. Um, it's how they make it from a wet plant to a dry plant for you. And it's a process. But a lot of companies are using the, the the spoils of a bad grow in their edibles or in their concentrates, which is not a quality standard to follow. Especially so, not for a medical program, which is what we currently exactly. have here in Arizona. I mean, theoretically, the only people in Arizona using it are using it for medical purposes, period. And that requires expense as well. I'm imagining that this person who's a scientific director of a, a large operation, as large of an operation as Sunday Goods is, <clears throat> did not just make up her science. She's had to get degrees. Right. She's had to invest in. So she's not going to be a cheap employee to hire. No. And she's required 
for the level that they want to achieve. Right. So again, there's there's all these costs that I think people that wander into a dispensary shop and see pot on a shelf forget the costs that are involved in things to get everything to your shelf. I mean, I was I've said before our electric bill for our co-op back when I ran a I assisted in running. I don't want to take all the credit. There was tons of us doing different jobs. Um, our electric bill was $27,000 a month. Yeah. And that was just the grow. Right. So there's, you know, things like a medical director and developing the science and, and, and coming up with better products for us as patients, like higher quality vapes and the live resin now that they're pressing before they cure it so that it has more live terpenes and, just all these advances that are behind the scenes that aren't talked about until we see them on the shelves have a lot of expense in the, in the research and development. And, and, and the, the truth science. is, in all of these scenarios or cases that you kind of mentioned, you talk about the alcohol industry, I mentioned the, the cigarette <laughs> industry or something along yeah, those ph lines. Pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals, you know, topicals, etc. Um there, we are also, truth be told, we are important to them because we're their customers, right? They answer to us, so to speak. So they give us what we say we want with our dollars, right? They, right. they listen to how we vote with our dollars. How do we buy? How do we act? How do we behave? When are they convincing us to purchase from them, right? And so on a, a you know, on a kind of a, a more personal macro type of level, um, you know, it's like, put your money into those places that you find, you know, take the time to find places where you feel like they care about you. And like, they're doing those things that uh, make you feel, uh, yes. you know, cared for, listened to or whatever. And put Respected. your money there, you know, buy yes. there, shop there, right? Because what you're doing is you're empowering them to be the people that are out there buying lobbyists, <laughs> paying yeah. for lobbyists, right? Like the more we can put our money into the companies that are doing the stuff the way we want them to, the more they are the ones that can be at the table when decisions are being made that will affect us in the future, right? Because... Uh, companies that listen to us will probably do things that we demand from them if we do. Cause right now the market is still in a, in a state of like, it's literally just a race to the bottom right now. Still, you know, and I, I think, think a lot of that comes from, you know, it's, it's right now it's the, especially the Phoenix market after the three years. So in Arizona, when yeah. people received their licenses, they had to maintain their business in the location where the license was issued. After three years passed, everyone's allowed to move. So the three years are well gone now, and everybody moved to Phoenix. So the market's oversaturated, and it's all deal shopping. And yeah. people aren't using their dollars to vote for quality or to support brand names. They're basically flying around. And what they're not realizing by not checking test results or not asking the right questions, you know, you find a $99 ounce. I've talked to the growers. Those ounces are like 4% THC. When you see a $99 ounce, that's, you're basically getting as much THC that you would get in a $99 quarter. I mean, I hear that. And in Oregon now, where they have high quality being sold, I mean, it, from what I'm hearing, 
Ounces yes. are $45 at this point. Ounces are selling at $45. And I believe that there's an element of balancing out that this market still has to do, which is a part of this risk that we're talking about. You know, as, But I'm saying the deal shopping part, not so much sure, but the, the quality. Right, but, but my point is... They're not advertising these $99 ounces as low THC. Right, of course not. Uh, but my point is the, the consumers are going to continue to do that right now. Because right now, that's the only pro. That's that's the truth of the matter is that is what the majority of buyers care about right now, be and I believe that it's because the pricing is still too high for what it should be, you know. And yeah, there is still more profits that um, are currently helping our laws be changed, etc. But will eventually come back to the consumer as we demand lower and lower pricing, right? Um, if sure. Oregon is selling high quality premium, but at $45 an ounce, we're not, you know, we have a long ways to go still. Cause right now the premium ones are selling at three twenty, four twenty, you know, something in there yeah. for an ounce. Right. Yeah. And, um, that's a risk that these dispensary owners are, are also, the, they know that, and they are having to calculate that risk as well, that whatever they're doing in operations right now, when they can get an average of 200, 250, 300 an ounce is going to be a lot of different, a lot different when the market has forced them to drop their pricing down to a hundred dollars an ounce, you know, or less. Um, and that, and, and that pricing will come in part from them learning how to grow and not, not wasting all their money and passing those costs on to us because they're still not growing successful crops over and over again. You know, a lot of times you'll see that they have a lot of guest strains in your regular store. Sure. <laughs> and it's because they had crop failure. Exactly. They had to go buy some from curve. somebody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They've had to buy weight, as they say, elsewhere. Mm. Right. But um, it's just, you know, it's like, again, if you, you know, in, in, in as much as you can, so put your money, even if you're going to deal shop, deal shop the places where you believe in the ethics and the <clears throat> mission yes. and values of the, you know, places you're buying from. Like, whether you're going to deal shop there or not, deal shop there. Don't deal shop everywhere and give your money to anybody per se. You know, find the ones right. who are doing business the way you want to see business done. And like I say, the, the medical industry should be separate <clears throat> from the, the adult use industry, so to speak. Um, and, I agree. you know, a lot of this stuff like testing should be across the board, but do you think that a, an infused beverage company is going to require testing for their, for their drink? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Just, I think they will. Yeah, I do too, because yeah. I think the risk is too Absolutely. high. They, and they know that this is something we call for. Like, Hey, we want to know that what you're putting into it is safe they're going to require it, right? So we'll get what we want out of these companies as long as we fund the ones that are, you know, doing what and we I've, want. And I agree. And I've seen a couple of cannabis ads for edibles now. And I think I can think of at least two that I've seen recently where in their marketing, their little writing blurbs, they are specifically stating the fact that they do not use disposable types of, harvests in their cooking or they're very clear that they're using the same grade high grade quality or top shelf or whatever words that that particular right. grower uses um to manufacture their vape oils or their concentrates 
Right. So they are hearing that people know about the practice of using the the crappy shake and leaves and stems and shit off the table to cook with is not acceptable. That we want the same the moldy terpene profile. Oh, oh, just freeze it. That'll be it'll kill it. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, and then that's you know a lot is uh, underestimated in all the tiny ways that these industries uh, just maybe a wrap up for our money. We have to realize where their money is going. We have to understand that there's a great amount of risk. We need to um, realize that there's a lot of behind-the-scenes um, expenses that the average consumer wouldn't even consider, like a scientific director or you know the research and development that goes into new products. But then there's also you know just the margins. Um, I own a which restaurant. are gonna shrink over time. <laughs> Yeah. And I own a restaurant and I will tell you, my husband's the money guy for the restaurant and I've learned a lot from him. You know, when I create a new recipe for the desserts, my goal is usually not to introduce any new ingredients and to try to use what I already have around and try to reuse other parts of other things, you know, always the margins. And I think a lot of these cannabis industry people, you know, it's a new industry. So it's a new group of people in the industry and there's going to be a learning curve on, on where to cut corners and how to save money and how to cut costs and how to, you know, grow and scale and still keep your margins in check. And I think that's something um, that's just like anything that when you're new at it, there's going to be a lot of trial and error and, and watching that, you know, I think it's still a baby, if not maybe a toddler of an yeah, industry. For sure. So, so, you know, you're not going to even know where you can cut costs. And I'm so geeked out when I watch um, the owners of, like I said, I've been totally nerding out on Canadian um, grow companies right now. But watching the two guys, the two CEOs talk about the industry and talk about how they're meeting margins and how they, you know, how, how their scale planning is how entailed it is you know just down to pesticides and you know, people don't understand sometimes and I've seen it happen so it's you know it's a I remember opening a friend's tent once when we were all growing and we all had our own grow tents that we had all our plants in this one lady's tent had gotten invaded by spider mites the little spider mites oh, you gosh, see in your yes. house plants yeah well what happens in a place like a grow like we had that one little infected tent could have spread to every tent in that building and that we could have been completely wiped out. Right. It was like literally code red, contamination, seal off the area. That happens in one of these major grows. They have to have plans and you can't just spray bug killer on smokable plants. So right. those margins and those plans of scaling... Um, as we watch the industry grow, are going to be really interesting, because the stock market doesn't know what to do with them. They know they don't. They're projected to be a ten billion dollar company, right? But they, it's not even legal in Canada. You know, like they haven't even started yet, so they don't have any past to base their 
projections on and they right. don't have, you know, all their numbers they're so used to having because companies have been around for a hundred years. Right. So it's going to be interesting to watch. That very will be interesting very interesting to watch, but it does kind of tie into, you know, a little bit of what I was saying before and kind of a finishing up on that, which is yeah. that there's plenty for everyone. Yeah. There's plenty to go around, so to speak. Right. And when you're thinking about it, evaluating it, whether it's in terms of where is the money, whether it's in terms of how can I get involved where, you know, or how can I make money? Um, there's a couple things to consider. One, money doesn't only come from the dispensary owners, right? We, the people also are, we have money, right? And so, a lot when, of right. When you're thinking about how to get involved in the industry, remember that, like we might be who you want to go after more so than say, cause I see a lot of people coming out with like businesses. They're trying to like sell to dispensary owners. Right. And I'm like, okay, but there's a lot of other people, right? Open, broaden your horizons yeah. on your thinking on that. Also, um, oh, shite. Um, <laughs> that was my non-cursing curse. Did you like that? Shite? Yes, shite. I have an oh, Irish, shite. I have an Irish friend. We also say fecking yes, a lot. Yes, fecking. Anyways, so, so one, you know, think outside the box when you're thinking about how you could get involved, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that people who consume cannabis want or need in relation to that somehow. Right. So, so much. So yeah, I mean, all the way from, you know, all the nutrients and everything that grows are using to grow nutrients, dirt, light, water, you know, AC stuff, electricity stuff, real estate stuff, location legal. stuff, legal stuff, you know, and then for us, the consumers, you know, a lot of us have things like that. Life insurance. How do you get life insurance when you're a cannabis user? You know, what kind of products can you use for your face, your skin, your hair, you know, uh, you know, whatever accessories we might need. You know, some people are really on this, but the point is there's, there's just, I mean, there's right now is the time, space. right? There's yeah, nothing but yeah. open space. Now is the time to be creative and inventive for sure. Um, and I think that's what you and I have done as well as, you know, found different ways. You and I both have gone on with our regular lives and our full-time jobs that we love yeah, and careers that we're passionate about and still found a way to keep active in the cannabis industry and know it's not our income source at the moment. And maybe it will be some at some point and it's not our goal at this point, but right. if it were, we would definitely be making money at it. Sure. However, um, don't feel like you have to be a bud tender to participate. Yeah. And that's what I think your point is. Well, the, the there, main, the end point so was much. you could just be a stock. You could own stock. Exactly. The main point was evaluate the opportunities the same way as you would any other, you know, money making or business opportunity. Like try to evaluate it, removing the thrill of cannabis from the equation, right? Evaluate the opportunity without that. See if it's a good opportunity by itself, standalone. Like you see all these CBD companies popping up, right? Everybody thinks mm. that they can just sell CBD. Well, A, there's still a lot of federal ambiguity on that. We just talked, I think, a couple weeks about ago about a lady who got pulled over because she got a CBD gift and, you know, went to jail or had a $10,000 fine or whatever have you because of felony. the miseducation, a felony, right? And so, yeah. 
you know, there's still a lot of stuff out there. The companies, generally speaking, that are started out there and trying to loop you into their business model, right? They are interested in keeping you feeling safe. So they will tell you information in a way that, you know, puts your fears to rest. But that doesn't mean that if you were to dig deeper into those statements that you wouldn't see, oh, okay, well, yeah, the way they said it makes it a true statement, but they failed to mention X, Y, Z, right? Like this woman just getting a felony in Wyoming or what have you. Um, Yeah. So evaluate it without cannabis being in your mind. Like if it was just candles, would you sell with this company? Would you want to work with this company? What can you find out about them? You know, you mentioned they may not have a... uh, a long history because they uh, are just brand new, but the people who run the company, the owners, the executive board of directors, etc., those people have a long history period is really what it boils down to. They've all been doing something for all the years that they've been out here in business land um, before they started, whatever it is that you're looking at as, as an opportunity to get involved in do your and research you look, on those human yeah. beings, research those people, find out where Character. they come from. Their character will have traveled with them throughout their, their business life. And you can you can evaluate someone's character Absolutely. fairly easily. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's Decide. hard for you to find out anything in about who's at the top or you know, who's kind of guiding the ship, so to speak, or making the decisions, well, maybe those are opportunities you want to stay away from, right? Because I don't know too many times where they want to hide that kind of information unless there is literally some underhanded shenanigans going on. Let me just say it yeah. like that. I love uh, that word. <laughs> Which one? Underhanded favorites. or shenanigans? Shenanigans is yeah, one it's of a my great favorites. One. Probably because I'm usually up to them. Oh, but. so many shenanigans. But the point and, being, like, you yeah. know, don't let the cannabis blind you. Approach it from a sensible point of view as if it was any kind of business and, and evaluate there it is, in that way. There is no get rich quick. No, doesn't there exist. There's no, a lot of hard work. And a lot, a, a of, lot of unpaid work. hours and there's a lot of late nights and long weekends and all that stuff until you make it. And in this industry, in many ways, there's even more of those unless you really kind of do the path right. Like I said, starting with your end customer in mind, what problem do you solve? And then go, you know, have the most fun possible solving it. Right. But make your own. Yeah. <laughs> make your own path. If you're trying to get into somebody else's. And think you're going to run world. up a ladder to the top of something. I mean, yeah. you'll get run up. <laughs> <laughs> run up the pole. Yeah. Run up that flagpole. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing a uh, event uh, in Sedona at the end of September that is called, as a wrap-up, I'm, I'm changing topic here. Perfect. The um, Human Book. Oh, yeah. You did that before, right? At the library or something? Last year. It's um, Sedona, the city I live in, is an international city of peace. And it's a designation that requires a certain amount of participation from. We have a board. Anyways, last year I participated. And this year I'm I'm planning. Now that I kind of know what I'm doing, I'm planning a little more for it. Right, I just nice. winged it, just went there. Well, to you didn't know questions. what to expect last time, so yes. And so, basically, what it is, it is people a group of people who have volunteered, and we are the book, we are a human book. And people can come, we give them a little bit of background about our topic, 
and then they are able to ask us questions and get more information. Um, there are people, basically what it is, it's about labels. And the goal is by understanding people behind the labels that we place on them, maybe we could all live in a more peaceful existence, I think is kind of the, nice. the story behind it. So there's like, um, there's a rich white person and it's literally like privileged white person is their label. There is a, we have the fire chief. We had last year, we had the police chief. <laughs> they didn't put the police chief next to the stoner table. My label is stoner. Um, I hope that on privileged white person, they literally just go get like a homeless white person. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a rich white guy, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I'm oh, just well, gonna whatever. stop. I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> but, so that'll be awesome. Yeah. You're so, the stoner. I am the stoner. Last year, I had um, some very interesting. I had a, a world famous sculptor who came to my talk. Um, I think his girlfriend dragged him. He's done. There's a big giant sculpture here of uh, Merlin in front of Whole Foods <laughs> that he <Of> did. <laughs> he didn't do it for Whole Foods. It just happened to be there when Whole Foods moved in. Gotcha. Um, then my last talk was all high school kids that had actually volunteered to help for the program. And they were all done. And they were they literally rushed my table. There was no seats left. <laughs> so... I had to completely alter my first three talks and I did four talks. I'm doing four talks again this year. And um, I had to completely change because then I had an under 18 audience. Yeah. Audience. Um, so that was interesting. Cannabis. Huh? Yeah. It definitely cramped my brain there at first when they sat down. I was like, Oh crap. Now hmm. what? What are we going to talk about? How am well, I going to keep I this? I wonder from? if These they have parents who use cannabis maybe. They were, they asked great questions. Mm -hmm. um, I, like I basically kids. just tried to pretend I was talking to my own kids. I didn't get into, I tried to keep it scientific and medical and biological. Right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. That's, um, I can't remember, but it's the end of, end of September. I think like the 23rd. If you're in Sedona <laughs> on the 23rd. Um, and then I'm going to a drag show. Oh, that's my big exciting September event. Yeah, well, that sounds fantastic. Gonna, it ties into the cannabis theme because her, the drag queen that we are going to see is Alaska, Alaska Thunderfuck. Nice is her her drag name. Nice, which is also a favorite strain of mine oh i mean and of mine as well i gotta say it was one of those strains that i actually got a hold of when i was you know college age so we won't say how many years ago that was but right. it was like one or two or so decades and yeah. anyway <laughs> we actually really got it from alaska right like my girlfriend oh. was from alaska and like went home and brought some back for us from alaska it's been legal there forever yeah People well her dad know. had six plants growing in their garage like her whole young sure. life he was a pilot and it was just totally normal like that was just like what people did up there they just had some growing in their garage usually or whatever because i think you could have six plants was the number uh yeah without any kind of too. like oversight or what have you yeah 
So gotta love that, but yeah, gotta love some Alaska Thunderfuck. Anyway. All right, right, well, looks like we're wrapping it up. So thank you everyone who is joining us every week. Guess what I ordered this week? week? Sure, yes. And the Cannabis Science Conference happened this week, or last week, I should say, or sometime recently, it just happened. So we'll be able to kind of tap in and hear how that went and take some time to look at, you know, what kind of topics were covered and what's out there now. Um, That'll be exciting. Yeah, and... um, uh. Other than that, Pot of right. Wellness. Meet us on potofwellness.com. Pot We've wellness. got lots of resources there for you. And um, we'd love to keep you in the loop. Yeah, more resources to come soon. For now, we will see you next week to dive into some of the latest and greatest in the science breakthroughs from the Cannabis Conference. Peace out, everybody. See you next time. Join us every Thursday as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com.